0: So it's recording, so we're just going to start. Dude, you can't believe what happened to me, man, this last week. Hi. <laughs> Hit me up. So, so, like, I came to Berlin after Hamburg and I spent the time just going to a lot of events, meeting a lot of people. And I met this girl who told me she's an HR manager at a startup. And she's like, yo, like, the team is awesome and I'm building it. And it's been eight months and we already hired 60 people. And what it is is a rocket internet company. And, and they. What Rocket does is that it pumps money into the business. Like what I learned is that they they were pumping about eight hundred thousand dollars per month into the company, and within eight months they opened like seven different stores and uh, all over all over Europe and Australia and Singapore. Yeah. And you know I joined the team in a club in Berlin. Not in a club, but at an event. It was an HR event about how to maintain culture in companies that grow quickly, and that's what was something uh-huh. she was interested in. So are you actually interested talked.
1: in that as well, or was was that part of your desperate job search? Uh, that <laughs> was my
0: part of the desperate job search. Nice. Uh, and this is actually something I'm interested in. Like, uh, you know, like I, I think that I care about people a lot, and I think people are are the essence of how a company is going to grow. Mm-hmm. So um, agreed. Yeah. So so then again, like, like I had an interview with her with her colleague, and then an interview with another person in HR, and then I started the internship on Monday, which was so which that's, was awesome.
1: You're like through a week now.
0: Through a week now, exactly. Yeah, good stuff. I, and like, you know, Jan, I was a bit nervous. Like, how am I going to perform? How how are they going to perceive me? Like, I want to dress nice. I want to be there before <laughs> anyone, and I want to leave after everyone leaves. Like like that type of energy. Yeah, yeah. You know? went in like ready to do this and so the first day i work really hard second day i work really hard third day i go and they order us in for a meeting and they're like (laughs) they're like guys the company has officially declared itself bankrupt (laughs) 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 yeah yeah and and, you know you're bankrupt at the company no I wait. bankrupted Exactly. Like in three days I'm oh, in I company amazing. bankrupt. Right. So yeah, like we went into a meeting, like we were sixty people looking at the CEO, everyone's like worried. And and dude, Jan, like like the first three days I was there, everyone was was doing their jobs and, and they're cool and you see a side of them. But once the news hit that everyone's probably going to lose their jobs, completely different people, man, instantly. Like in what the sense? office hmm? In what sense? Yeah, the office was a playground, man. Everyone, like, the long-term vision of how I should present myself to the world changed into a very short-term one, and everyone just got loose. So you had the HR manager in the corner, like, so angry, ripping something off a wall and and, 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 and like, being egocentric. You see, like, who's really selfish and who's about the team. I went into the different sides of the office, and I see, like, people sitting around uh, together, and they're... There, like, they're, there's a bottle of whiskey and rum in the middle, and everyone's. Oh, just, really? Yeah, dude, it's, it's like 3 p.m. Everyone's like getting smashed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now, see, all of that was was
1: on last
0: Friday or this Friday. That, that was that was Wednesday. That was last Wednesday. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, what yeah, an and then, Thursday and Friday, you had to come to the office and continue yeah. working. So, so it's crazy. <laughs> like the the CEO. So the the how insolvency works is that. Uh, there's this insolvency lawyer who then takes control of the company, freezes yeah. all of its assets, all of its liabilities. So there's no there's no more invoices that it's going to pay. Uh, suppliers or customers can't demand, like they can't refund customers and they can't pay suppliers. The yeah. assets are frozen. You can't pay for shit. So during that, because the assets are frozen, the company gets to restructure their debts and then see how they can change how their yeah, costs work of that yeah yeah so you have this very tall and scary guy and he had like an eye that had a bit of blood in it and he was like german <laughs> yeah dude like everyone was terrified of him i thought you know like what's an interesting looking character and the ceo is next to him it, the ceo like it, it, I, it, I didn't it, 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 it's funny before. how
1: you're actually per- perceiving it firsthand because for, for a year i worked as a working student in uh, an insolvency law firm yeah. in hamburg and it's just it's just incredible because on our side it's just that we need to do the paperwork and there are like certain steps and you have the law and you need to follow everything from A to Z. But what this practically means for, okay, you are just an intern, um, but for like people who have worked at this company who are losing everything right now must be horrible.
0: Yeah. yeah. Everyone's apologizing for me. They're like, yeah, we're sorry you came in for this to happen to you. And, and I'm just sitting there like, how can I be in a better place right now, you know? <laughs> you get i i'm getting paid for the next three months everyone's going to the, their salaries are secured for the next three months and i get to see a company go through insolvency firsthand you know with nothing yeah. to, to lose. but uh, yes seeing these good. people like when someone their entire livelihood depends on this one job and see how like the the energy in the office on thursday and friday was horrible like the, there's no motivation in anyone and the ceo didn't make us feel like we should be motivated or anything this is why i wanted to talk to you today about uh, images and reputation and how everything is an act because uh, aside from the fact that you've done theater and i think you're a good actor who goes like in different uh, characters often but you you incorporate people in your character most often is how this ceo in this in this character that he's playing really did a bad job you know he's his main goal is to find investors within the next three months to uh, carry on the debts and have the company continue functioning. But he didn't, for a second, make us believe that that's the viable case and that's what we should be going for. There was no motivation. And sure, like he's the typical-looking CEO. Like he has a good body, he wears the glasses, and he looks handsome and has a handsome smile. But I think aside from that, he's fucking like useless uh at least from what i've seen so far like dude you have to be, lead your team and you aren't leading us in a time where everyone is yeah. in such a shit state um so yeah I, I get to see that you know i get to see how how this leader acted in an appro- appropriate way for the company to survive how how the employees are discussing this between themselves afterwards how everyone's li- now looking for an- another job with the slight hope of maybe this company surviving uh, ah. It's so much fun for me because, like, they're throwing a lot of work on me, and I'm just learning a fuck ton And I think that's the entire point.
1: Yeah, and your salary is secured, so for the time being of your internship, it's uh, for you. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Man. That's
1: Weird pretty... circumstances,
0: fucking hell. Yeah. But I, I think I think the thing that happened to the company mainly is that they were too complacent with the fact that they were just given a lot of money. So they they always knew like we have a lot of money coming in. So I felt like there was this comfort and laziness in the office of not needing to work really hard or to hustle because we're secure. This company's future is uh, is secure, so we don't have to mm-hmm. to put in that type of. So I saw I saw that laziness in people. Um, if they didn't have this big daddy supporting them uh, the entire time, it would have been very different. Uh, yeah. But that's what Rocket decided. They decided, you know, this is not a viable business opportunity. Cut it right now. And yeah. all, all, all we were presented. So, so Rocket,
1: like, Rocket mm, invested in your company, or Rocket is your company? I'm still not quite
0: Rocket. Uh, Rocket is the is the let's say grower of this company. Like they they initiated and they pumped money into it. They gave us the office space in their building. They provide ah, of okay. connections and everything for the company, and it it gives them criteria and tells them, okay, grow. Uh, if yeah. you don't grow right or fast enough or the proper model or anything, they they look at the market situation, everything. They're like, okay, this isn't going to, you know, what's five point six million that we invested already? Fuck it, let's cut the losses and, and throw this in the trash, start again with something else. Yeah. So they're very rational about it. They don't uh, they don't think about it. Uh, they think about it a lot. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. it's fun, you know, from that perspective. So what yeah. was presented to me when I was getting hired is, yo, we're a rocket internet company. We're doing an amazing job. We're going to grow. We're going to be great. We grew so much in eight months. Come join us. But behind that layer of what the HR manager told me when she was hiring me, nothing was happening right. Like there were so many issues and so many different levels that they weren't solving. And you start noticing how like, okay, these different departments really aren't communicating together at all. Proper, like yeah. accounting like if you just sat down and looked at the books man uh, the CEO sat down with the sales team and I was a part of it and he started telling us like oh this this company actually looks really good on paper you know aside from the fact that we lost 800,000 opening up stores that failed that we had to close down uh, we're wow. actually doing pretty well I'm like man 800,000 is not such a small amount you know <laughs> you can't just brush that to the side and be like yo we're doing good Oh, uh, dude! Incredible. Ah. So yeah, that was like a quick update of what's happening. <laughs> uh, in, in in this scenario, I think it's just hilarious,
1: dude. Because the 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 moment you you started talking about what what's happening with this kind of company you're doing your internship at, I immediately thought of um, the performance of Oliver Voyan that he's done when he was to announce that should is going to close its doors, or technically. Be bought by ISM, which belongs to the same parent company. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the the, the the fact how he was standing. Then he said that he is uncomfortable with the decision made as well, and that he will stay there for the entire time, um, and he will be there for us until the last student is gone. And they have made a commitment, and they are they are sticking to it. You know. Mm-hmm. So after this presentation, I really felt quite reassured. And I recently met him, and I and I asked him what is the yeah. churn rate. So how many people actually um, dropped out or went to ISM or went somewhere else? And he said, it's less than 5%. Because people are still sticking to the university because they like the vibe, they like the people, they feel you should. And this is what he's done very right. And um, what you probably said is that the leader that you have at your organization really isn't doing his job quite well. And I think it is so incredibly important to underline that it's, that it's about the other people, you know, and that the CEO is not just walking in there and saying, okay, I need to find an investor. You know, I don't know, if your job is secured for the next quarter, mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm. it is off. And um, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you don't do this performance well, you you wonder why your motivation is just going down the drain. But Exactly. Like, like
0: make like us feel of- like we can be behind you in this, you know, like, yeah, like, he, he mentioned it in passing, like, guys, look what we've done as a team in eight months, but and he said it for like one second, then he went back to being very negative, you know. He's very—he's German. He's rational. He's like, yeah, there is a chance, but you know, I can't guarantee it and stuff like. Don't give me this shit, man. Make me feel like us together. If you put us in a room, we can fucking do anything. And let's move with that belief. If it succeeds, awesome. If it doesn't, but it's all a show at the end of the day. Like you can give us the same information, but the way you can give it to us is can be a way that motivates us to move forward. And that's what I have a problem with. You know, like, sure, you're. In a tough position too because you lost your company too and that's something you care about but yeah. it's not about you for a second you know at some point he mentioned like after the meeting and everything we sat in a circle just a few people and he started talking and he started saying something like uh, yeah so if this doesn't work out i guess i'm gonna have to start another company and see where that goes dude fuck you don't, don't say shit like this in front of your employees man like sh- you can start yeah. your other company that's cool but right now it isn't about the other company that you're going to start right now it's about securing this if you can but if you don't believe it no one else is going to at least show it you know
1: yeah just make God. a fucking effort that's the point of being a ceo that's the reason why you earn like a million a year Because mm-hmm. you need to stand up when everybody's down and when you're down mm-hmm. as well then why the fuck mm-hmm. are you the ceo of this company
0: <laughs> so yeah I, I was i was the only person in the office that's like guys I'm, i've been there for three days you know like i, I don't i don't <laughs> have-
1: <laughs> so motivated. <laughs>
0: I don't have the stake or the commitment. I don't know. So like I'm sitting in the sales team and everyone's like depressed, but I'm like, guys, you know, we can do this. Look at us. Look at what where we are. Look at you guys are great with the customers, blah blah blah. And if anyone can save this company, it's the sales team. It's all riding on our backs and guys, I believe in you. And everyone was like, Yeah <laughs> It was like, Yeah, but like, you know, that's that's what should have been said by the CEO an hour ago, not now, you know? But yeah. uh had to it but honestly like after after spending a month looking for a job going to a lot of events and networking and meeting people and stuff like that you know I went through this period I, I didn't tell you about it but I just felt like so a bit depressed because I just felt like everything that that's happening is an act it just felt like I need to represent myself in a way that will allow these people to to see a side of me that they like. And I need to keep on putting that face on around a lot of people until I find a job. And and I saw that it wasn't just me putting that that face or that act. It was everyone uh, that in the events that I was going to. And then I realized, like in the office, when I went there, everyone's playing an act. But then after the news came, everyone changed their act. And now because of because the company is looking for new investors, they're trying to maintain the reputation. They don't want as many people to know that the, this this happened. Now uh, you want to keep it under the rug as much as possible. So yeah. it all comes into play of how everything is an image, everything is an act. We have to always show the proper image uh, to the right person who's going to interpret that image right, and then continue from that.
1: You yeah, are essentially saying that when 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 you interact with people, you are not yourself.
0: No, no, I am myself, but you're putting. Like, this is the distinction. How? Who are you exactly? Are you the act itself or are you the actor presenting the act? Because I am smiling and it's a genuine smile and I am asking people questions I'm interested about. But at the end of the day, how genuine can I, can I be? How much do I really care about talking to this specific person if they can't give me what I want, you know? So but it isn't just me doing that it's everyone that's that's w- dressed in a certain way that's smiling at certain points that's looking at people or nodding at certain points it's all like a play that we all play together and i i thought i thought that's something that you believe as well
1: definitely um i mean it it is not that that i'm a i'm a different person but it's that i have the feeling when i am doing stuff in my life that i have um different Parts of my personality which I can emphasise stronger or, or weaker, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of stuff that we do in society in order to be accepted, in my opinion at least, is doing things out of courtesy, you know, out of politeness. Because okay. I'm 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 not really inclined to help some some people at the office sometimes, but I just do it because I know it's it's the right and acceptable way to do, um, not because I really want to do it. But it's, it's, in this case, I don't really feel like um, I have a different personality in that sense. It's just that I do, I don't know, what is supposed to be done in this kind of society. But it is, it's, it's actually very funny because, you know, this weekend I was in Salzburg in, uh, in, in Austria with okay. two friends. And in there we could, we could really um, be ourselves. You know, when we want to fart, we fart. When we want to speak disgustingly and get absolutely shit-faced, <laughs> we can do that. Um, and and that, then I'm coming back. And, and now I have a Skype call with you, which goes in a totally different direction. And then my mother is coming later tonight and it goes in a totally different direction. And I know that I'm not entirely the same human being in this moment. But it's, it's, it's not that, that I am really different. It's just that I'm activating different parts of myself because I know it's more appropriate. You know, when, when, when the two of us chill together, it, it's never really about just getting absolutely shit-faced. <laughs> so I, I know that we have, that's a different vibe and you need to adapt to this kind of vibe.
0: Yeah, exactly. You adapt, you adapt by acting. It's a different play that you're playing with. It's a different story that you go through. With me, yeah, the story exactly. right now is us talking about what we're talking about with your mom. I don't know. But it just felt like...
1: Drinking coffee, talking about her problems.
0: <laughs> yeah?
1: Listening. Yeah. yeah. So... That no, I spent
0: uh, I spent a lot of time with your with your mom in uh, the house, and like she she can really really talk. Like I can see where you get your like charisma and talkative nature from. You definitely got it from oh, your mom. definitely. Side. Uh,
1: she is incredible. Maybe too much sometimes, but I'm too much as well sometimes. Though, <laughs> <laughs> all coming from somewhere,
0: right? Mm. So Jan, tell us tell us a bit about your history in like the theater uh, back in school, and how that you think developed into your character right now
1: what do you mean? Like the drama that I've done or what, what exactly? You, you,
0: went, you, you had you had theater classes in school, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. So, well, it was actually pretty cool because I think when I joined the drama class, I think it was like year 7 or year 8. Yeah. Um, the, I, t- I think until year 10 it's uh, mandatory or it's, you have several electives but you need to pick one And because the other stuff really just sounded so bad I signed up for this. And it's, it was really um, puzzling and it really took me out of, your, out of my comfort zone because the first task that she gave us was um, with homework, the next time you come to class you need to take an ordinary thing and interact with it without talking for two minutes. Mm. And, and I got home and I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do right now? You know, like, what is even an ordinary thing? How do I interact with it? How is it interesting? And then not even talking about it. So I can't just tell a story like I usually do. Um, and then I got myself a spoon and just tried to do stuff with it, you know, like to pretend that I'm trying out, that I've never seen a spoon before. I'm approaching it slowly, looking at it suspiciously, just. Just somehow touching it, feeling it, seeing what I can. Feeling the spirit. It was, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like salad fingers. Um, <laughs> fuck. But what I what I've found out about this drama class, or especially about this exercise exercises, well, there are so many moments in your life where you, where you don't need, really know what the fuck is going on, but you just need to find a way. Okay. And uh, very often other people are around you and they are examining you, they are judging you. And in, in drama, I really found out that how cool and easy it is to improvise, and that it isn't as bad as I thought um, to do stuff in front of other people. And that, it's, that this, these kind of things are not really embarrassing. Because beforehand, mm-hmm. I thought that they would be. And um, this was actually really cool. So on the one hand, so I to to learn and find out about how to pretend, how to do something that is not real. Okay. But also this opportunity to, to improvise, and not to be embarrassed by it. I think this yeah. is the main stuff that I learned, especially not being embarrassed by it. Dude, like still today, like at, at Phillips, tomorrow I'll go into the office, and there are a couple of people, especially girls, who are maybe even more competent than me. We have, we have a, another girl who does an internship just like you with us. Mm. And recently we sat down with our CEO and we had to present him some numbers because uh, our revenue isn't going that well at the moment. Okay. And she probably, she prepared more than me she had a better knowledge, but she seemed very insecure and very embarrassed to speak up in front of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. them the so just learning to improvise, just not being afraid to speak up and not being embarrassed by it is so incredibly important so well, you can either learn it through drama or just through life but um this
0: is what this class is. And it's funny, like you had this, you had this distinction of before going into theater and after where beforehand you might have been embarrassed of how people might judge you in a certain scenario, but then yeah. afterwards by doing stupid shit, like uh, trying to smell a spoon and being suspicious of it, that it slept with your wife or something, you you look at that and realize that no matter how many, how many people look at me right now do this, doing this dumb shit, I'm still solid as a character, nothing nothing changes I, I'll still go home and continue I think like stand-up comedians and actors see that a lot, like you you can be in the face of everyone, but still being in the face of everyone doesn't change my character, so like this intern this intern that you're talking about like if she actually was conf- confident or comfortable enough to just talk to the CEO just like you probably were, she'd be, like he'd take more note of her and be like, okay this is someone I can trust and confide in yeah, and be comfortable definitely. around But if you're uncomfortable, no one's going to be comfortable around you. Uh, So that's also a part of the act that you play. And sometimes, like, let's say the CEO is is very comfortable and she's uncomfortable. I think a good CEO would put her in his frame and lead her towards a state where she's more comfortable by smiling to her. Um, Like, if she's uncomfortable and he noticed that she's uncomfortable, then if he's smart he would try to get her to be comfortable, right? Yeah, because then he'd make, she'd trust him more and she'd be more loyal to him and she'd give him better information. But then again, what he'd have to do is he'd have to continue the act. He'd have to maybe put throw in a small joke or look at her and smile or tap her on the shoulder or things like this that make her realize, okay, that we're here as a team together to solve this problem. But for her she doesn't feel like that, she feels like I'm an intern, I'm new here, I don't want these people to think that I'm not worth anything, and for them to kick me out as soon as possible. So she goes into this interaction with this frame in her mind of how things are going to go, and then there's a CEO who can, he isn't even comprehending. He's not even thinking about it because he he has other things to think about. He's not even considering the fact that this person might be uncomfortable for these reasons. So you have yeah. different actors who come into the play with different perspectives, let's say, of the context of the situation. And then you see how it unfolds. And I think the most important thing you can do as a person is quickly understand the proper context of information that involves everyone. See it yeah. for what it is and then try to direct it in a more positive direction. But then again, you're only directing it in a way that you think is right. It might not be right. But yeah, then the best way really to do that is to have everyone participate in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that's what I'm seeing in, in the inter, like the sorry, the meetings that we're having right now is a sales team with the CEO or the sales uh, Manager, like like my superior, my direct supervisor, she's she's brilliant and amazing. Like what she's is, Australian what is, too. What mm-hmm.
1: is actually your your area where you work?
0: So, so
1: you do sales in there, or are you like a flexible intern, which like is in each department for a certain period of time? Or how do yeah, you work? So,
0: so my my official title is sales and operations intern. And mm-hmm. what's ha- what's happening here, or what happened in this specific context, is that the sales team is working towards selling the, the product itself, but at the yeah. same time, ha- how the data is being it's, it's just a matter of information at the end of the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of broccoli involved. Like always. Uh, always. So it's just that, you know, there's the product moving, and the salespeople know that the product is sold, but sometimes they sell the product, but then it doesn't go into manufacturing because it's, the product itself is very customizable to the person's, it's made to the person's, uh, to the person's uh, requests, let's say. I don't want to yeah. say too much about the company because I'm just—I don't want to mention their name or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, so it's just about seeing how that information is moving, of how this this thing is being tailored to the customer. It's, it's going into production. There's certain requirements being met, and then how long it goes into production for, and then how it's sent to the customer, uh, and then he receives it. And the sales team doesn't know when the customer receives it, or if it's in production or not in production. There's, there's a lot of gaps in information. So what I ended up doing is trying to bridge that gap between uh, sales and the operation of how the product is moving. So uh-huh. I'm doing a lot supply of operation this week. Sorry? Mm-hmm.
1: Sounds like what? supply chain Management, what I'm doing right now as well. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess right, at the the, talking- end of the day it is
0: that operation and, and sales so yeah so but like this week was heavy operations but i think like during the rest of the two months i'll be doing more sales because uh they want to sell as many uh as many of the product as much of the product as possible yeah so so that's that's the what last
1: i'm hmm? the last supper
0: the last supper so much fun, like I had a month to find a job, now I have three months to find another job. <laughs> so just like my time span is always just increasing slightly to continue. Trimble. Lovely. Okay. <sighs> so yeah, dude, context of the situation, how everyone thinks in, within the... the scenario where this should go so i realized like okay i'm new here and i don't know much about how the company is functioning but even within this meeting i can look at a person and ask him what what do you think or can you explain this thing to me okay but since you explain this to me what about this other thing that connects to this thing and then people are actually like engaged and they're throwing more information out and because of that we have better direction my direct supervisor is, is always saying things like, if anyone wants to throw any suggestion out there, please do. And she keeps repeating that, which I think is awesome. But uh, yeah. I still didn't feel at any point during the meetings that we're reaching something tangible and concrete that we can start working on. Uh, that never, never made me feel like... This is the target right now. It's very clear how we're going to get to that target. Let's put all of the obstacles in the way and let's solve those obstacles. I just felt yeah. like we were talking for the sake of, of talking a lot of the time. And a lot of people that in that, you're like, yeah, exactly. The the marketing manager, she can't, she doesn't have a budget for marketing anymore because they cut that. And they're still, <laughs> exactly, she's useless now, basically. But she's trying to be useful by talking a lot. And, and I, it's, it's, you're not bringing any value to the table, like I see her, like she's give, throwing out numbers and saying stuff, and I'm just like, why are you sharing this information to begin with? This doesn't help us at all, and you talking is taking away time from anyone else to even think or talk to. So, what are you getting at? I don't know, man.
1: <clears throat> but I think it's, it's, I mean, it opens up another dimension right now. Um, mm-hmm. But what I, what I also think is that we have a, we have a big gap between um, the communication of, of, of women and the communication of men. Okay. And I also feel um, at least in the in the moment uh, I've been in that, that that this gap somehow leads to misunderstandings you know because I yeah, can a, you can you be clearer on
0: a, the gap itself
1: Definitely so, so for for example let's let's take the CEO of example of my work um, okay. it's not that he wanted to make her feel uncomfortable but what he sometimes does with us is that he is pressing us for very clear answers, you know, to give a yes or to give a no, to give okay. a the good or the bad, is it possible okay. or isn't it? And okay. um, I, for myself, have no problem <laughs> in immediately just giving him a clear-cut answer. But I also don't really give a shit sometimes whether it's correct or not. You know, but I give <laughs> him my intuition and I tell him, you know, like this is this is how I'm assassinated right now. But I haven't I haven't really done the math. But this is what I'm guessing. And um, when she was pressed for for similar questions uh, regarding the data set that she presented, um, she was just like, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough, it's hard to say, you know, but this is, this is really what you don't, what you don't want. And, and, and especially as a CEO whose time is very limited and he's also a guy, you know, so he's probably much rather like me. He's just like, yeah, just, just throw something out. It's going to be all good. Whereas if the CEO would have been female, she probably would have gotten that more like, like better. Because it's not that she, is, that she is weak or that she is afraid. It's just that mm. she is probably even clearer than me in understanding that the situation is uh, intense or problematic or complicated. Mm. And um, this leads to a gap as well because you sometimes you know the, the man probably interpreted this as a sign of, of weakness or as incompetence whereas she was just careful and cautious. Mm. And when I, when I found out like in, the, in that meeting she just really in my opinion gave a bad impression even though she's she's pretty, and that's that's another shame, you know, that, that within these kind of communications, that everything is an act, it's an act which is uh, dependent on the situation, on the people, that automatically makes it dependent on the sex as well. Yeah, that's just another layer. I sometimes um, don't get, especially when like girls are just evaluating stuff. It's so absolutely complicated. Like the stuff that my girlfriend is doing, so mm-hmm. absolutely complicated. And just just call her. And tell her to shut the fuck up because it's impolite. You know, I'd I do I I'd raise issues. You raised an issue, we talked about it. But like with girls it has to be more subtle, it has to be more indirect because otherwise it's impolite or you don't do that. And that is sometimes just another layer, I just don't get.
0: It's it's another layer within this complex uh, network of, of communication between people. A culture yeah. is thrown in as well. Uh, yeah, that's deep, but
1: mm-hmm. imagine all the all the all the arguments that um, you had with like Helen or Leo due to that. I think a big part in that is that most of the people there were, weren't, weren't quite sober and also just didn't fucking get the cultural layer straight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To and understand just, where each person is coming from. I think that's so important, exactly. regardless of their background.
1: Yeah, but you need, to, you need to get it. You need to get that they have a different understanding of certain things. And some things are more important and some things really don't matter. And it's vice versa for the other people you're talking to. The more you're talking or thinking about an international environment, the weirder it gets. Because people are so different and so weird and they, they do and know and like and dislike stuff you have never had a clue of.
0: Yeah, never a clue. It's intuitive. You <laughs> Somehow don't. you convince yourself that you have an idea, but you really no, you don't.
1: It's incredible. Like This is why in the, in the communication, doing this properly, without mm. offending anyone, Man,
0: when you can do this, you're, you're, you're on top of the world. Uh, a lot of it goes down to how you communicate yourself, man. I think if you get communication down as a person, your life will change by 200%. Um, That's a very, <laughs> I do
1: agree.
0: Very accurate numbers. You know, let's just throw numbers at the CEO, you know, like, yeah, our sales have increased by 723%. And be like, yes, good stuff.
1: Uh, <laughs> You'll be promoted.
0: But like this, like being decisive. There's a lot of times where in, in interactions I can be decisive. There are a lot of times where I throw in, I throw in the decisiveness, but I add a disclaimer that you know at least that's what I think, or uh, it can be wrong, or what can you, what do you think? Like, but at least like to show that you have an opinion at any point, uh, and that opinion is formulated from from some type of information that you like. I can I can see why you came to this this conclusion or this thought, uh, I think people respect you a lot more from that. with that and every day like after I get back from work I evaluate like how this meeting went and how just me as an individual unit within this, this system that I'm in or this team, how could I have conducted myself a little bit better to have show- gotten everyone around me to have mm-hmm. performed better too. Uh, how could I have maybe formulated this question, or given this feedback here, or this compliment here, or? Th- and it's so nice to to always reevaluate that because I think like, imagine like three months from now, I say t- I'm the CEO of the company, you know, and like, we we bring it back from the de- from the depths of hell, and like I I highly doubt that, but hey, I'll act I'll still act in a way that that will maybe lead to something better than what's already happening happen happening,
1: you know? Yeah. So like it's, it's, it's faking it till you make it or winging it till you make it. But like, you need, you need to pretend, you know, like when you, when you think about the, the big people, people like Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, anyone, these people just didn't, didn't just start off with just having the perfect company already. They founded it. And, and when, you, when you found a company and you don't really have the money, I mean, mm. Jeff Bezos' parents, for example, gave him a loan of $100,000, and he told them it's a risky investment. I don't know how you will get your money back. You know, you always start small, <clears throat> but you need to think big and you need to have a vision where the company is moving. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it is part of faking, you know, because you don't know. There, there's, there are so many uncertainties out there. And it's, it's very unlikely that your company is going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But you just need to act contrary to, to the numbers, to, to like widespread beliefs in order to make things work. And it's, it's the same about how you sell yourself as a persona, I think. Mm. But you, you shouldn't just act as what are you right now. You know, what what are the two of us right now? Karis, I mean, we are we have we have a bachelor's degree studies, mm. cool, good stuff. We have the degree, we can speak, let's say three languages. You are uh, think on four or five.
0: Mm. Four.
1: That's pretty that's pretty sick. But we don't have any any exper- any relevant long term work experience. We haven't let like an international team into a new market or did mm. this or that or this. But we shouldn't just act like we're just bloody inexperienced. We should act like we are we are the, we are on top of our shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, yeah. Only this gets us forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's, like that's exactly what I'm sort of doing, you know. Like at the beginning <laughs> I, I want I wanted to doubt it like but but you know, should I say this? I'm still very new here. But I think this is something that needs to be said. You know, I think this is even even yeah, if I get it out yeah like uh, and and you're right so right about just conducting yourself in a way like I come to the office my back is straight I'm, I'm dressed nice I showered and like i'm I'm in a good mood and'm I say hi to everyone and like I sit down and I start working and and people see that and they respect that and then they feel like yeah. you know they feel like accountable to that themselves they feel like okay but if the intern is coming this early and working hard as shit then what about us you know the the normal employees and this is why it always goes back to how you act and how what image you portray around people, now, everyone s- takes that information and they interpret it their own way and they apply it to themselves in their own way. You know, like, uh, yeah. uh did you watch the movie Catch Me If You Can?
1: No, I actually wanted to, dude, watch, watch it, it
0: as soon as possible, dude. Good. I watched it like twice. Um, uh, so it's Leonardo DiCaprio, I was just yeah. about to say Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, this this even this name represents this character, and then uh, I think the director was Steven Spielberg, yeah. and the, the, he's a con artist that basically dresses up as a pilot, and then because he's everyone thinks he's a pilot, he travels around the world and he keeps depositing false checks and getting a lot of money, uh, yeah. and the only reason anyone thinks he's a pilot is because he wears a pilot's costume. No one's going to question that because it, it's a legit costume that was made, and. He he keeps going, and at at the beginning he doesn't know the exact terms of the names of the flight uh, of the plane, sorry, and what they mean, what the co captain means when he says this joke and what that. But then he kept on going and he kept on seeing. Okay, these are the terms that are being said as, as very often, and these are the terms that I that are relevant for me to know. And then he knew them and he kept saying them, and I relate that back to my situation because the first day I came in, they're talking about the. Uh, treatment plans of, of the product and, and the life cycle and, and they're saying all of these ter- terminology that wasn't, yeah, I like didn't have any awareness quiz. of.
1: Hmm? Like a buzzword quiz.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: Say this, say that, you know, we need, to bring the, we need to launch the product into the new market, you know, like getting the life cycle straight, what about yeah, yeah, the sales?
0: Yeah, 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 it's all this terminology, but, but then you get to know the terminology and once you know the terminology and you use it yourself, then you're a part of a part of this properly, and then you can contribute yeah. and all of that. But yeah. then again, it's all—it's just about knowing the words that represent the thing that everyone else would understand in this context. So it always yeah. goes back to the representation. That's what—that's the thing that I wanted to argue with you, is that regardless of whatever is genuine or not genuine, at the end of the day, it's the representation itself that carries the meaning. And I'm yeah. seeing that that's the case with the words that we say. The, I was having a discussion yesterday with two Dutch girls at a party and I started telling them that uh, God to me is uh, the movement of, of everything. How things move, the certain way that they move. And, and we're a product of that movement. Sorry? Very specific. Very specific. And, and they tripped out because their representation of what God is, is this singular thing that's separate from us. And we, we, we need to define it Around itself, different from us, but it's 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 something that's away from us, and we can look at it and i'm not, I'm telling them like but no but th- that's what this word represents to you, but in reality, even to me, it represents something different, but to me I'm not trying to define it I'm trying to to envelop myself within it you know, somehow
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm still using words to explain that too. So and, and then that's what we tripped about yesterday is that regardless of how everything is a representation The only way we can try to go around this representation is through representations too So then we're still stuck in the same loop always And we're always acting We're always You can act more and more genuine to your nature But still You're still acting in a way And at yeah. that point are you are you the actor or are you the act itself in different ways Or what, what is it that you identify with You know um, it's just a lot that I that's bothered me for a while now
1: well, why is it why is it bothering you for me it's just part of the game so to speak
0: yeah
1: you know when I think um, but mostly in, in situations like those it comes down to that you somehow give your surroundings um, the sense of purpose sense of trust and a sense of sort of safety you know because when you when you think about how we evolved in small groups of up to 50 people just chilling and doing stuff these traits are incredibly important and in, in order to be part of this small group you need to have certain habits certain cultural values certain languages because otherwise you wouldn't be accepted you you, you would be mistrusted mm-hmm. um, people wouldn't think it's safe around you and they wouldn't associate with you okay and I just, I just think it's, it's, a, it's a survival instinct in, inside of us to, to show the others that, that they can come, come forward and trust us and work with us and, and deal with us. So I just think it's, it's, a, it's a necessary part. It's, it's acting. Definitely. It's, but um, to,
0: to, to interrupt you here, one of the things that I notice is that if you actively try to show people something they will actively try to see something else, so like if I go around trying to make people trust me, they'll question that, and they'll be like, "Why is this guy trying to get me to trust him? I can't trust him There's an underlying motivation for why he's acting this way that i can't I'm not aware of, and that makes me uncomfortable. but as long as they're they can rationalize or they're aware of of your intentions and there's nothing hidden at least to to their to their thought, then not, they they yeah. would trust you. So there's people that lie a lot, and you know they're lying, but because you know they're lying and you know they're liars, you sort of trust them because you know what to expect. So then again, if I want people to trust me, I can't act in a way that's trying to get them to trust me. I have to act in a way that's trustworthy in its own sake, for its own sake. So even when I'm acting, I can't act directly towards the goal. I just have to act within the play.
1: That's exactly right. It's like with with women, you know, when you really, when you really would want a girl, um, and you really want that girl, and you know that that you are cool and that she is cool, and that it would really work out, and you'd have a very splendid time together, mm. you really shouldn't do and act on that directly. Mm. It's so stupid, you know. But it, I think the, the, the art of communication or the art of acting is essentially communicating something. And it's a very subtle way. The mm. more subtle you can be about it, the more indirect you can show that. And the other person gets it at the same time, you know, because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise there's really no sense in that. Exactly. Um, exactly. But the, the better it is. So, mm. But, but I, I actually somehow get it as well, you know, because when you, when you intentionally, purposefully um, try to, to get people um, to trust you, to like you, to love you, to work with you, to associate with you, whatever... You, you need to do it, um, sort of speaking, on their level, mm, you know, mm. and when, when, they're, when, they're, when they're, I don't know, very, very ah, lowly educated, perhaps. Um, when I worked as a windsurf instructor, the people I was, I was working with, they, they weren't really highly educated. They were valuing, and they weren't even valuing that I was giving them a compliment. They were mm. valuing that I'm doing my shit, and that I'm helping them with their shit. You know, so when they're telling me be there at nine, you have class at nine thirty, you need to be there at nine and actually have the class and when someone else is, is sick and you need to help them, just help them. Um, but the more you move up the ladder, the more you I don't know, spend time with, with academics, um, the more the more indirect, the more subtle and the, the higher level of communication and of acting is. And I, I just think it's just it's just part of the game, but it's it's incredible incredibly weird when you think about it. You know, you have a yeah, direct yeah. intention to say, yeah. I like you, let's spend time together. But the last thing you should do in that moment is say i like you let's spend time together and this is sort of stupid but that's just you need to play according to some rules and that gives people the sense of safety See,
0: that, that's what i find really nice like this you're, you're aware of the rules you understand the levels and then you can go and go into the different levels very quickly you know i think i think that's very important like i was uh, yesterday at this party i was i was really energetic because we were playing a card game with people and then one of <laughs> one of the girls, like uh, she, her name was Veronica, and like there was a, like everyone got some type of food for I'm, us to eat.
1: I'm, I'm just, I'm just imagining you just playing werewolf, you know, where we just killed one another. Yeah,
0: yeah, we were playing. Uh, I think it was called uh, <laughs> bus ride or something. It's a Dutch Ooh, drinking yeah, game. Oh, yeah, the drinking game. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like these Dutch people, like they were doing math and stuff and getting completely smashed. I loved it, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> anyhow, like I'm playing with them and I'm excited. And then. Uh, like she's leaving and she's tired and her energy is low, I stayed excited. And, and then I saw, like, I was super excited. I'm like, yeah, you know, have a good night, peace, take care. And I said bye and she left and we, we both enjoyed it. But uh, I see that, like, if I was there again, if I lowered my energy in that instant to her energy being tired and, and ready to leave, then she would have felt like, okay, like there's more of a connection here and, and I, can, I can, I don't know. I feel like there would have been more of a... Uh, remembrance i think she'd remember me a lot more if i was able to change my my character in a genuine way and and to fit different energies because she's Mm -hmm. seen the side of me that's excited to eat food she's seen the side of me that's excited to to play cards but then i stayed excited when she was leaving if i was more calm and relaxed and on her level she'd be like okay this guy is is genuine um but see like I, i i just love it that The fact that we we think about these things and then next time i'm in a similar situation i can change how i act and this is what i find really nice you can always change how you act you can always say something differently or ask a different question or anything like that and then by changing how you act the entire play is going to go in a different direction and if you're yeah. aware of the different levels everyone is on and you're aware of the level that you're at and how you can try to go down to someone's level to explain something to them from their level and then bring them up or try to bring everyone down or everyone up and then you realize that, okay, shit, I can actually move stuff. But uh, still it goes into the fact that I'm acting, but I'm acting in a context where other people are acting and we still have to interact together. And I don't know if you... I don't know if you've seen this from Jordan Peterson, how he talked about how the fact that guys and and girls have different, uh, let's say, criteria for reproduction. How guys are trying to hit on girls, and girls are trying to choose the 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 leader or the top of the hierarchy, and the girl and the guy yeah. always always chooses someone, or he doesn't have the choice to begin with most of the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is how how we're we're competing around each other, and because we're i'm acting different towards a girl and she's acting different towards me and and we're all acting and acting all of that allows us to to evolve to become smarter because i have to be i have to keep trying to understand something I will never comprehend, which is the woman's mind, <laughs> and the woman's also confused by us like we we think we're simple, but I think girls are just as confused of us as we are of them most of the time um and just because we're both confused and we're both acting around each other that allows us both to change how you act consistently over generations that allow us to be eventually intelligent you know so and it's not happening between a guy and a girl only it's happening between our company as of now and the social or economic scenario it has to act in two because now it has to as a group we have to represent ourselves within as within an image that other people are going to see and think if they want to invest in or not. So this, this, like you put something in a box and it has to interact with a bigger box and it has to interact with a bigger box. And it's all these boxes <laughs> interacting with each other and filling each other up and, and containing each other and then letting, letting them go. So I think that's a lot of what, what frame is or context is. You know, there's a context we're interacting through and then there's a bigger context and a bigger context and then those contexts will always change and then it just makes for the game and the rules like you said and you enjoy the game and you enjoy playing it uh, <laughs> which I, I found a joy watching for three years but sometimes i saw you like in very specific situations i looked at you very rarely this happened is, is i saw how you didn't know what you should be doing or you didn't know the game that you should oh, be playing definitely. Yeah, but, but what you do is you smile, you stay there and you watch and you observe, and it keeps going, you know. Or you keep asking a lot of questions, sometimes more than more than I think is necessary. Like when we were I was teaching when we were teaching you Mafia, you're like, but what what does the Queen do? But what what was the what what does the Joker do? But what does what is that? What what's black? What's what's red? You kept on asking and asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. I'm like, man, just shut up and play, <laughs> and you'll figure it out, you know? Let's uh, see, like, sometimes you put yourself into the play, but I think if I looked at you and I said, like, uh, what I think sometimes it could be a roadblock for you is uh, how willing you are to throw yourself into a s- scenario that you don't know anything about and to go through it and observe it without interacting with it. I think a part of you usually has to interact has to ask the question or has to it's not just it can't be a passive observer just like play the game see how everyone is playing see how maybe other people are going to ask the same question maybe but then if you when you ask the question specifically in a game like mafia or werewolf you're giving information that you sometimes shouldn't be giving for example or you're hindering the play from continuing Um, yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, that's true. Like uh, I, I can't. I, I still have massive, massive learnings in my life and in communication, and this is a part of it that I sometimes need to understand. That it's good to shut the fuck up, to let the other people talk, and um, to let them go more into the center of what is actually going on. Yeah, because it's I, difficult to do, right? It's really difficult to do, especially for me and. Uh, you know, when, when, when you think about a communication that you have and people are giving you different input, and then I sometimes have this arrogant inner feeling that what other people are saying is sometimes not important as what I have to say, which is, exactly, which is exactly. sometimes probably right, sometimes probably very, very wrong.
0: Very. And, um,
1: <laughs> and, and on average, I just sometimes, it's, it's very hard for me to learn that, but just to let other people talk more often and actually properly listening to them. Mm-hmm. not just waiting until they're done talking and uh, then I can jump on my train and and throw everyone into my frame but
0: yeah you never dude, stop like, learning. like I'm a, I think I think everyone's a victim of that in one way or another man like we I think there's some weird reason why we think that because I thought this thought it must have some value compared to other people other people's yeah. thoughts what a weird thing man
1: Weird.
0: Yeah, but like sometimes, very rarely, I haven't even done this a lot in my life, where I just sit there and just watch and observe how this interaction is going to go without interacting a lot. And I think a part of me, when I did that, felt like if I didn't interact, or sometimes you're in a conversation and you get this thought, and you think that I need to share this with the group. They're going to find it funny or they're going to find it interesting or whatever. And you feel this very strong urge to share it. Uh, and sometimes you like you get this feeling like, if I don't share this right now, then something's gonna go wrong. You know, like this this maybe play is going to crash or like like I have to get this pattern of how I should talk out and play out that pattern. I yeah. think it's because of two reasons. One is because if you say something that you know and other people don't then you're in a better space right you're in you're acting in a domain that you're familiar with and it's a pattern that you can continue following while other people have to adapt to you but uh, the second thing is just uh i i guess just trying to feel superior by thinking that you you have something valuable to share yeah uh, and to let that die and see things just move because they will keep on moving, even if you say the thing that you thought of or didn't um uh, it it's nice, I think that I just I don't need to put that much energy in everything always, and things will still move, and maybe more no. interestingly because I didn't talk. This is why like I'd suggest to anyone who thinks they talk a lot is to just take a week where. You just don't talk a lot. Just keep reminding yourself to just be quiet, answer as much as you need to, but just see how this is going to go without me interacting so much. And if you're the type who doesn't talk a lot, just do the exact opposite. Throw in your opinion just to see what might happen and keep throwing it and trust yourself. Because I think if you present that you trust yourself, you give off the image for other people to trust you too, even if you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I yeah. think, I think as long as like as long as you portray an air of trust and comfort, it infects other people. And then it's just about how insistent you are in being comfortable. The second you don't trust yourself, or the second you're uncomfortable, that's where the play crashes and the actors come in with a the new play that they impose on you. So yeah. it's it's a funny dynamic to see happen, man. I think a lot of what life is is just theater. And I think you agree because we talked about this a million
1: times. (laughs) I do agree. Um, Well, I think everyone, there there is an equilibrium for each and every individual and generally for society and uh, everybody needs to try to move towards it and I need to move towards that state that I just maybe shut the fuck up and just (laughs) let other people's minds or ideas in and uh, maybe you're you're part of that as well. You probably, you know, Sometimes you need to listen
0: I guess something that pissed me off a lot when I was around you is, is like if we're in a group setting and we're talking, it always felt like we're all in your play, and when I tried to like make it make me like I don't know maybe I thought that I should be the one controlling how this play is moving, you know, or maybe oh, I okay. thought something like uh like I don't know. Uh, it's something like I should be the one controlling the frame or something like this might be more interesting if Like this happened when we were at, at Massey's place in Madrid and we were playing the video game on the TV The crossy roads chicken crossing the yeah. road and getting hit by cars ah. It's like I had my opinion of we're just four people and if we play it even though one person or two people play it and two people have to watch It's still fun and interesting and it's a dumb game but to you it's like, but two people are going to be watching and they're not participating. We shouldn't be playing. It's unfair to them. And there was those two contexts contexts that fought. I thought mine would be more fun. You thought yours would be more fair. And we went with yours at the end. And at those points I'm like, to me still my reasoning is, is the direction we should have gone. But uh, we didn't. You have a very you have a very strong, you know, commitment to to a decision that you make and I think that's why a lot of your commitments or a lot of your decisions come through because you're the one who's committed to it the most you suggest it and you're moving with it people will have to move with you I think I'm more flexible from that regard you know I'll I'll put the commitment or decision but if other people have anything else or other preferences whatever uh, we'll go with that Mm -hmm. too yeah true. and I know you have uh, your mom coming in a second so we should probably end this soon
1: interesting as it is
0: yeah. But,
1: uh, yeah I need to drink coffee with my mother now whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: <laughs> Stuff, man. I hope she's doing well tell her I say hi
1: will do 100%
0: and yeah dude let's do this just more often to catch up talk about our lives and just have them available for our future generations to, to listen to of these guys who are now nothing just with a bachelor degree let's see yeah. where we'll be in like 10-15 <laughs> years fucking homeless under a bridge <laughs> hopefully not no honestly uh,
1: quite quite, a, quite enjoyed it and um, I'll hit you up when you're when I'm in Berlin you hopefully hit me up when you're in Hamburg more than a bloody night and uh, otherwise we just hit up hit ourselves up on Skype and just see what happens for, sh-
0: for sure man found a new place so you're always welcome to, to join man just let me know we'll go nuts
1: nice I'm down
0: cool man awesome let's end it here love you man
1: alrighty have a good one goodbye
0: bye bye